Welcome to Manager Tools. Delegating meeting attendance when your calendar is too full. Part two. Here we go. Let's go on to our second point. Consider assignment as a step in accepting every non-recurring meeting. I love that because I think a lot of managers miss the opportunity for opportunities of delegation and developing their folks. And you're just talking about creating a new habit here is every time there's a, there's a non-recurring meeting, think, is this something that can be delegated? Yeah, it's literally a step in your process. When it comes to non-recurring meetings, we don't get as much benefit out of delegation, but there tends to be less risk in delegating those meetings in most cases. But that said, if we're going to find time for things when we don't have any time, we need to make different choices. In fact, I would argue, Mike, that it's possible there will be a white paper, if it hasn't already been written, in the next five years, which talks about the vocabulary of time. I'm hmm. going to actually make a note of that. I rarely make notes to myself in, in show notes uh, while we're recording, but I'm going to make a note about the vocabulary of time. Because as a manager, guys, when you say, I don't have time, you're actually not talking about time. And the idea of having it is ludicrous, and finding it is also ludicrous. What you're doing is making choices about priorities. So oh, look, oh, 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 I, I, just, I just found a minute. Like, oh, there you go. <laughs> like the next 60 seconds. I just found it. <laughs> I found it. Here it is. What's funny about it is it comes at us so relentlessly, you don't have to find it. It finds you. <laughs> Unless you're riding a beam of light or something. Yeah, yeah. It finds you, and then a minute later, you lost it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, if you're going to find time for things, you don't have any, you need to change the way you choose to make choices about things. So the next time you get a non-recurring meeting request that might fall into the bottom half of a priorities discussion, okay, let's assume you got 10 or 15 or 20 or God forbid 80 priorities, consider I'm going to accept this, but by definition, my acceptance includes assigning it to someone else and it's not going to ping my, ping my calendar. I'm essentially going to wipe it off my calendar. So to be clear, accepting a meeting invitation doesn't imply that you, in fact, personally will be there. No, yeah, okay. it doesn't. No, yeah. because, because look, there are people who accept meetings and don't go. That's true. I, I, so I'm suggesting, and, and apparently that's, that's okay. Now, I can't believe that I'm only, when I go to clients, I mean, two weeks ago, I had five days in Silicon Valley in a row with three different clients, okay? Last week, I only had, I only had one client day last week. It was nice. Week after next, I have one, two, three, four, five. Again, no, I'm sorry, four out of five because the Monday's a holiday. Oh, a light um, week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I can't believe I'm only talking to managers, the managers who go to everything and never miss a meeting. No. The fact is, people say they're busy and they're missing meetings. They don't go. So if people aren't going and they're not having their heads dropped off, then apparently it's okay. I'm simply elevating it to say, it's okay to accept the meeting to say, yes, that's within my purview. It's something that's reasonable that, that someone needs to be at, but I'm going to, because it's in the bottom half or the bottom two thirds of my priorities, I'm going to have somebody else who works for me go and I'm going to explain to them what I need them to do while they're there. I think that's absolutely reasonable. I mean, I accept tasks all the time, right? Responsibility for tasks doesn't mean I'm going to do them. And meetings are the same thing. And I think, I yeah. think people think of that differently. I think they think of it's a kind of a personal commitment. If I accept the meeting, that means I'm going to be there. Um, and we challenge you to think differently about that. Part of it is, well, I accept it. And so that's a statement. And 
Yes, it's true. But if you accept something on Thursday, it's Monday now, and you accept something on Thursday, and then your boss steps on that meeting, okay, you're probably not going to go. And so you can simply jump ahead a little bit. What we're saying here, assign and not delegate. Generally, delegation is for tasks that are our responsibility. Task assignments are where we pass through work to our team that our team would normally be doing. But delegation also usually implies some ongoing responsibility. One usually doesn't formally delegate having someone attend for them or sit in on a meeting for me. So you could get wonky about assignment or, or delegation. Most managers don't have that level of sophistication about the difference between the two activities and what they mean about responsibilities and authorities and so on. But yeah, you're going to accept the meeting knowing that you're not going to go and you're going to ask one of your directs to handle the task for you because a meeting is a task in that it's work around furthering your own priorities. After you've accepted, then see which direct can go for you. Don't assume you're going and then hope someone can go in your place. Accept knowing full well you're not going to go. And then once you've done that, you've accepted, you've told the other person, you've asked me and I've said I'll be there or at least we'll be represented, then you see which direct can go for you. Don't assume you're going and then hope someone can go in your place. When you accept the meeting, okay, you're suggesting that someone will be there who'll do what needs to be done. So you accept. The other person knows you're going to be there. But if you got stepped on, you would send a delegate, and so now you're going to send a delegate or assign someone to go. If you do assume you're going and then hope someone can go in your place, which, by the way, how can you manage life by assuming things and then hoping things? Those things yeah. aren't methods. But if you do that, if you assume and then hope, and it works that someone can go, you just prove that someone going, when you accept, actually works. So be bold, and mighty forces will come to your aid. Okay. Look, let me go back to the point I was making earlier. Imagine that you agreed to go yourself, but at the last minute, your boss stepped on the meeting. Either you'd simply not go, and the world would keep on spinning, or someone else would go for you. Again, the world keeps on spinning. And you would have to, once your boss stepped on that meeting, you would have to assign meeting attendants to go for you. And when the other person who handed the meeting says, well, hey, you're not Mark, say, yeah, unfortunately, you're not Mark's boss. <laughs> and Mark's boss says, you can't go to that, you're going to this. And by the way, I wouldn't just cancel the meeting and then have everybody's calendar screwed. Yeah. I would say, no, I'm going to send somebody in my place. That's right. Yeah. So the point of all this is, in other words, your acceptance of a request is not necessarily a promise of you personally attending. Now, I know a lot of you are surprised by this. This is a fairly standard protocol of meeting acceptance. Yes, there's some risk if you're accepting to a meeting where people think that means you're going. But that just means they're kind of dumb. Yeah. Now, oh, now there's some exceptions. Uh, don't use this again to drive a, a truck oh, through it, yeah. right? But if, if, if you schedule a meeting with somebody personally, it's you and her in a meeting around a personnel issue or something that that you have to personally address or it's private or it's sensitive or whatever that's that that falls into our earlier guidance about making decisions about yep. which ones you can delegate and which ones you can't so because yeah, there are some meetings priorities. you can't right yeah if if it's with a peer and it's a high priority for you you don't delegate that one but if it's a lower priority for you then it's yeah. okay yeah yeah and and look 
nobody can guarantee that their boss won't step on their schedule or that their spouse won't be ill. All kinds of factors justify missing a meeting. And many more factors than that justify a particular person missing the vast majority of meetings. But, of course, not all of them. Look, ask yourself, do you check other people's attendance at every meeting you go to? Of course you don't. Does it bother you if another attendee to a meeting that you're at sends a delegate if that delegate is knowledgeable enough to interact? You're okay with that, right? That's right. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. You've convinced me I can, I can delegate meetings or assign the task of going to so, to somebody by else. By the way, folks, if you, yeah, when Mike says you've convinced me, folks, you understand that he already knows this stuff. Right. <laughs> no, no, I, I didn't know. No, this is this is oh, complete. This is yeah. completely new to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Anyway. OK, go ahead. <laughs> so let me ask another question. I have no clue to the answer to this. But if I was going to if I was going to assign the task of going to this meeting to someone who who would I, I, I you know, I got 10 yeah, directs. Yeah, who yeah, do I give it? Who do I assign amen. it to? Yeah. All things being equal. And of course, they never are. We'd be able to delegate any meeting to any of our directs. But, oh, I like that. That's yeah. yeah but the question mm-hmm. about whom to delegate a meeting attendance boils down to two factors: best person for the meeting and relative availability. Okay, so let's go back. Best person for the meeting, they'll be attending for you. They will have the ability to speak for you. Therefore, you want someone whose judgment you trust with decisions that you would normally make. As a rule. The assumption of a meeting attendance is that invitees are, by definition, the people that need to provide input and decide the issues discussed. So generally speaking, my worst performers don't fit into that category, right? Right. I'm not saying that there aren't some meeting that your worst performer might still be the right person to delegate it to. But generally, you're right. These people will be your better performers. And one way to build the skills of everyone is ask them to do more. And when you ask people to do more or push work down, that's delegation. So there's nothing wrong with reaching deeper on the team to test their abilities, to grow their abilities, to broaden the team's experiences, to increase capacity. That's your job, folks. Please, folks, we're recording this in 2015. Some of you are thinking now that the market is going to start warming up, you're hoping in the next couple of years, your company's going to hire more people. That's true. It probably is, but that does not mean necessarily that your team will get open requisitions. And part of your job as a manager is to figure out how to get more done when the demand for your company's products goes up with the existing team. One way you do that is your job as a manager. It's not HR's job. It's not the CEO's job. It's your job, your closest, you know them, to get them to do 10% more. And by the way, 10% more while still going home to their families. How do you do that? By growing your skills. Ask yourself, guys, if you were back, you're 35, you're 40, you're 30, you're 45, go back to your first job. Could you totally kick butt in that job right now with all your skills, all your knowledge? You'd be awesome. It'd be like being a senior in high school, being in in getting ready to go off to university or college and going back to fifth grade. You'd dominate. It'd be like playing against playing basketball against 10-year-olds if you're an adult. Yeah. And another way to look at this is if, in fact, the economy does heat up and opportunities arise, you want to be in a position where you can take those, where you've developed people within your organization can take over your old responsibilities. And the only way they get to do that, 
the only way is having them actually do it. Yep, that's right. Well, no, that, that, that's actually not true. The only way to do that, the only best way to do it is to have them actually do it, right? Oh, there are people who say, go to a course, uh, read a book, and then you'll know my job. Yeah, true, yeah not true. so much. Right. Okay. The second thing we want to look at is relative availability. Once you've picked the person, then and only then, don't put relative availability in front, okay? Then look at their calendar. If the attendance you're delegating steps on something on their calendar, don't immediately go to someone else. If that were the case, the relative availability step would come first, and you'd move on when you saw a conflict. That's it. I mean, first, pick the person. Second, look at availability. Okay. Which essentially leads us to the next point, which is don't be afraid to step on their calendar. Yeah, otherwise, no one's ever available. <laughs> exactly. Or, that's the problem there. Well, but this is the thing. We talked about us delegating meeting to someone else in part because our boss steps on our calendar. Well, your direct is full. This is one of the things that mid-level, low-level and mid-level managers don't get. I can't get my people to do more. They're all busy. But my boss keeps giving me more to do. What do I do? The very fact that your boss is giving you more to do and you don't, quote, have time, unquote, to do it means that you can do that to your directs. And it's not because your boss is being a jerk and simply saying stuff rolls downhill. He's saying figure out how to do more in the same amount of time. This is the fundamental productivity challenge of modern organizations. And the idea that you're being asked to do more, but you can't do that to your directs, if you're going to carry that point forward for the rest of your career, you might as well bail now. You can't live that way. All you'll end up doing is being the hero who tries to get everything done, only to fail, by the way, when you become an executive. So if there's a conflict with your first choice delegate's existing calendar, ask yourself, which of these two tasks, the thing I'm asking her to do or what she's already existing doing, is more important? That's the criteria we need to use for internal team delegations. Not what's most important for her. What's impo most important in your mind? That's right. In your mind is the mind of your organization. Exactly. You, you know, right? Yes. <laughs> Guys, everybody's busy. That's old news. Okay. It's the nature of work. Work expands to fill the time allotted to do it so that everybody, therefore, is immediately busy. And guy, by the way, guys, stop talking about being busy. Gee whiz. Everybody's calendar is full. Duh. The only questions that matter at this point in the evolution of professional organizational life are, what are your priorities? And how are you going to spend your time? If what you're asking them to do makes more sense for the team, not for them, then step on their calendar. Step on their existing calendar item. Explain to them why you're doing it. Encourage them to solve their new calendar problem by asking a peer to attend whatever they had or to listen to our guidance on what we call calendar soup and rearrange their schedule, just like your boss expects you to do all the time. Now, I know what could happen here. For those who might ask, wait, 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 Mark. Well, we're only comparing what we're delegating to what they were doing. What about what we will be doing during that time? In other words, we're, we're essentially getting some free time by accepting a meeting and then delegating it to them, okay? So we're getting free time while asking them to do more. Yeah, I don't know. There are people who think that's immoral. You're wrong. That question has already been made moot by our decision to delegate. If what we were doing was less important than the meeting, we wouldn't have delegated, but we would have moved or simply not done the item that we had on our calendar. 
And if you're going to delegate and you're going to keep that as free time, you darn well better justify the choice by making good use of that free time. And that doesn't include email. Oh, darn. Yeah, shoot. Yeah. Because right the world, the world, I move the world through my emails. Yeah, you totally do. <laughs> okay, so let's get into like the details of or an example of, of how this might sound. So let's, let's use a delegation model and describe what it would sound like. Sure. Okay. So uh, here's an example. You're a director, let's say. You've been going to a steering committee meeting about project reporting standards that has some potential for being valuable as a process improvement effort, right? Projects are pretty poorly reported in your organization and a powerful senior exec wants it fixed and is sponsoring this effort, but doesn't chair or even come to the meetings. He's an executive sponsor, but again, not running the show. This may in fact happen, it gets tried every couple of years, so it may be important to have been on the steering committee, but it might not be. The other attendees are mostly your, mostly your peers and a couple of folks from higher level staff positions, not line executives. The, the sponsor of this is a line executive. You realize it's 90 minutes each week. It's another building on campus. So it ends up being a two-hour commitment. And by the way, folks, you look at your calendar. Time doesn't measure productive use of time. It just measures time. So you have to consider commute time. So you've decided you're going to delegate this. You look at your team and realize that the political sensitivity justifies you asking your number two to take on the attendance. And you realize that even though there's a little bit of risk for you, maybe you might get in trouble, although that storm will probably pass, your number two now gets some exposure to some senior people, which is good, and some of your peers. Yeah. So so to be clear here, it's, an, it's a recurring meeting. The person you're going to delegate it to, let's say Laura, just for example, and you're going to ask her to go every single time the meeting happens. So it's an ongoing commitment. Yeah. Okay. So it's a delegation and not a task assignment. Yeah. So will you play Laura? Will you do that? Sure. Yeah. Okay, good. Laura, I'd like your help with something. Sure, boss. What's up? I love that. I'm a good sport. Yeah. Yeah. You're my most trusted direct, especially when it comes to politics and optics. And more visibility for you to senior people is always good for pros and chances down the line. Yeah. Thanks, Bob. I, I, I appreciate the trust and it's mutual. So thanks, thanks dude. So, so that said, would you please take over attending the project reporting steering committee meetings I go to each week? Sure. If you, if you think I can do it, I'd be glad to fill in. So uh, can you share the details with me? Yeah, sure. It's every Thursday. The meeting's every Thursday at 1 p.m., 90 minutes over in building 30. You'll go each week and then send me a mail to augment their typed up notes type of notes are dumb, but whatever, you know. Your mail to me will focus on implications of the meeting for us and for our team. And look, in terms of details of how to attend a meeting for me, I'm sure you're fine, but just in case, go listen to that Career Tools podcast about attending a meeting for your boss. Oh, those guys are good. Yeah. <laughs> or if you want, I'll get you a license to the manager tool stuff and you can read the show notes that go with it. How does that sound? That sounds good. And I already have a license. I, I, I really oh, want to good. improve my okay. career, so I wouldn't okay, spent good. the minimal dollars to get that. Yeah, that's great. It's awesome good. stuff. Yeah. Okay, sorry, folks. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't help. All right. Back into roles here. Yeah, that sounds great, boss. But can I ask a question? Yeah, sure. sure. Are you sure folks are going to be okay with me being there? And You know, you've been going to it. I know this is important to the organization, so um, I'm a little worried about 
me being there in place of you. Hell, yes, they will. If they're not, they can talk to me. But look, you can speak for me. Some will know it. Others won't. But this is pretty normal, and you'll show them by how well you speak, how well you speak for me, how well you interact, how much you know. You'll show them you belong. And look, if you want, we'll go together to the next meeting just so you can get a sense of things. I won't announce you'll be filling in for me. It's better to ask forgiveness than permission. But I'll be glad to have you see what the meeting's like and be able to ask me questions as we walk back. Cool. Ah, oh, shoot. Uh, one more thing. I, I got a big problem. I have a, I have a conflict. Uh, I lead a weekly vendor budget meeting then at the same, you know, at the same time. Yeah. Um, darn, I'm sorry. Yeah. Nice try, dude. That's easy. Move the vendor thing or have somebody else run it for you or ask yourself if you could do it in less time or do it differently. You know, and I know, this is more important for the team in the long run and certainly for your career. Yeah, you're right. Okay, I'll, I'll figure it out. Yeah. So, uh, but, yeah. By the way, folks, that was the manager tools meeting delegation model. And some of you will be surprised if you're not familiar with our model that I asked Lara to take on responsibility without explaining what's involved. And there were some problems that we overcame later. Okay, but I got to tell you, if you're not doing that with your boss, if you're not accepting the way Mike did, the way Lara did in terms of uh, having a good attitude and then working out details later, you ought to listen to our delegation cast to, to understand what the direct role in accepting delegation yeah, is. Absolutely. So let me throw a wrinkle in here. So I, Lara, I go to this meeting. The key executive shows up at that particular meeting. Yeah, call, good. Call, calls my boss and says, hey, I noticed that. Mark wasn't there. So my boss calls me and says, dude, or calls you up, says, hey, dude, you got to go to this meeting. This is important. Don't send Laura. I, she's great. I, I love her, but dude, you got to go. What then? Well, obviously, you're getting to our next point, which is sometimes you'll be overruled. I would argue the first thing I would say is, okay, I'll go. But boss, every once in a while, I'm not going to, I'm going to be on vacation. Every once in a while, I'm going to be in an offsite. Every once in a while, I'm going to be on travel. If I'm in a plane, I can't dial in. And so my boss would say what? Well, okay, in those cases, Laura can go. And I might try to drive a truck through that loophole a little bit. It would depend on how hard the executive came down on my boss and my boss came down on me. But the simple answer is there are exceptions where I'm going to get overruled. I agree. The delegation will get quashed. Your boss doesn't want somebody at your direct level in his meeting. The VP says you have to be there. The key thing to remember here, guys, for the record, this happens a hell of a lot less than managers worrying about it actually happening. Virtually never. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it does. doesn't, it it doesn't happen guys, very often. It just doesn't. I, Mike, think about it. In our careers, somebody sends somebody else. They're like, hey, I don't know you. Oh, I'm here for Joe. Okay. I, I don't care. But the assumption is there's an extra burden on that person who's there. You're Joe now. I'm going to think that you have the ability of Joe. Guys, you'll notice we didn't say when you delegate this, you have to tell the person you can make no decisions. You can make do, do nothing. You delegate it. They're there. They speak for you. Okay. Now, if you say to me, my people aren't good enough. Well, okay. You got a different problem. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. On the other hand, you want to make them better, accept some political pain to send them and have them make some decisions for you and realize you're going to have to hold your own with those decisions. That works. Okay. But look. The risk of this happening is not worth the loss of potential improvement you suffer if you don't try. 
Okay? Further, maybe you only get your direct to do one to two meetings. That's still a couple of hours saved and potentially some benefit for your direct. So if you get stepped on, it happens. Don't complain. Dust yourself off and keep looking. Just because it's a little bit harder in the short term or there's a little bit of you get roughed up a little bit, stop worrying about that. You want to get better? It hurts. There's no pain. There's no gain. Yeah. Folks, this, yeah. Is, this is good stuff. You can just think about an extra week. What is one me- well, he's talking about one meeting, an extra week worth of work in a year. Think about if you delegated two or three meetings. Oh, my God. I mean, I've done this many times in my career, and I get all kinds of time back. And it's time I use. I I consider it really precious kind of time. It feels like I'm almost stealing time, Mm -hmm. again, using the wrong vocabulary. Right, but I, but I, no, I understand that, and you feel like you're stealing it. You feel like you're there's some sense of you you burden your director, whatever. Yeah. There, but you take those feelings, you go like, okay, if I just delegate in a meeting that lasts an hour every week, I'm gonna take that hour and I'm gonna get something done with it. I'm gonna make a difference. And you think about take one of your top priorities and add an additional hour of focus on it every single week for a year. Yeah. Oh my god, it's a week again. It's a week, right? Yeah, yeah. So guys, outline over overview real quick. Decide which meetings are most and least important. We walk you through that in detail. That's an analytical process. Consider assigning a non-recurring meeting every time you get a non-recurring meeting request. Delegate meetings, particularly recurring meetings, to better performers. Generally speaking, okay. Don't be afraid to step on your delegate's calendar. The whole point of this is to do that in a way. And we gave you an example of how it sounds using the delegation model with Mike asking some good questions. And then remember, sometimes you're going to be overruled and there's no perfect solution, but you fear overruling a lot more than it actually happens. The fact is, guys, you go to too many meetings. Many of them, if not all of them, are poorly run. And that leads to low productivity. Some of your directs could fill in. They'll grow and you'll gain time. You know, it's a twofer. It's hard to beat. Hard to beat that. All right, my friend. Thank you much. Thanks, partner. All right. We'll see you later. Thanks, everyone. That's it for this series. We'll see you next week with a new one. So long.